Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. You know, it's been a bad week uh, when you come across a headline about a guy saying in an interview that it's great that he gets death threats. <laughs> Chris Graham here talking AEW Pro Wrestling Beat. And the guy I'm talking about who thinks it's great to get death threats is Tony Khan, the uh, head honcho of AEW, the founder, the president, the CEO, the chief bottle washer. And I'm not sure if I'm kidding when I talk about the chief bottle washer, then he does everything there, even though he has the money to make sure that he can have lots of help. He doesn't really use it very much. Um, yeah, a lot of stupid things happening the past week in AEW. And I love AEW as a product, and I want to really see it succeed. I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I think maybe last week, the last couple of weeks have been a jump the shark moment for AEW, and I'm hoping not. But let's let's go through it. Con not far removed from putting on maybe the biggest, well, it's certainly the biggest non WWE pay per view of all time. Uh, just a couple of months ago in London, um, eighty thousand fans were there. Uh, the the Wembley Stadium was packed. An amazing show too. I mean, just top to bottom, great show. But uh, even before it ended, I mean, almost before it started, uh, an incident with his top star at the time, CM Punk, backstage. Uh, even though he then sends CM Punk out for a match with Samoa Joe, has CM Punk win the match? Uh, the backstage incident, which involved uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, the son of the late actor Luke Perry, Khan uh, said made him feel his life was in danger. He decided to fire him in the days after the, the all-in pay-per-view event, as it was called. Since then, a, a ratings and attendance uh, at live events for AEW, both at its Dynamite and Collision shows, have cratered, uh, culminating in last week's head-to-head uh, -head between AEW and WWE. Uh, AEW had to move its its um, regular Wednesday night show last week to Tuesday because of the National League playoffs. Um, Tuesday is the night that, um, had for the last several years, WWE has broadcast its NXT show. NXT is the so-called developmental brand of WWE, but um, in recent months, the, the company has been using that show, uh, using more of its top stars from SmackDown and Raw on that show to help boost the ratings because it's on TV and you want to get some better ratings for it. Uh, and so last week, WWE decided, hey, AEW's coming on our night. They want to load the show up. They put John Cena on, The Undertaker, Paul Heyman, among many others, and uh, you know, hot shotted as we like to say in the wrestling business uh, with their with their car. I left out Cody Rhodes, another top name former AEW guy can't forget him so when you put those two shows together I mean you can factor a lot of things out uh NXT you know WWE loaded up the card AEW's moving nights you know and it was it was weird for me I knew the nights were moving but and I still had to remind myself last Tuesday gotta watch Dynamite tonight I'm a big Dynamite fan I'm a big AEW fan so I had to remind it was just it was weird you know you have to remember so I think that there's a factor there. I'm, I'm not using that as an excuse because it's the, the ratings are what they were. The numbers, uh, NXT averaged 918,000 viewers uh, for its two hours head-to-head. -head. Uh, AEW Dynamite averaged 609,000, and that's a big departure. AEW uh, on Wednesdays has been getting near a million the last few weeks. Uh, NXT didn't go up as much as WWE would like to have seen it go up. Uh, that nine hundred and eighteen thousand was about a hundred thousand higher than it's that that show has been drawing in viewers in recent weeks. You know, to put John Cena and the Undertaker particularly, 
uh, on that show and only get a hundred thousand more viewers, you know, that is, that is something that, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, certainly wasn't under plans for, for WWE, though they did get the big win. I mean, head to head, 300,000 more viewers on average uh, for those two hours. Tony Khan uh, came out in, uh, in a tweet storm of all time, uh, you know, cited uh, how I think the first thing he was, he talked about how uh, it's the first time that John Cena and the undertaker have been on a show uh, on a, on a TV program that drew less than a million viewers. And that was, you know, almost like he was saying, we did that to them. Well, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. Uh the that there were other uh, you know other things he he went into he before the the show uh before that head to head uh a text um with with a picture uh with the message bald asshole that was directed at either Paul Levesque or Shawn Michaels or both he had some fun on social media with uh Vince McMahon's various legal misdeeds of the last 18 12 to 18 months uh, he had a really odd interview with Dan Lebitard on the Dan Lebitard show where uh, Tony Khan is is famous for, <laughs> to at least wrestling fans, not famous worldwide, but famous to wrestling fans for doing interviews and then not answering questions, basically getting the interview question and then answering the question he wants to, kind of like a, a really bad politician. Uh, Tony Khan would be a, a really good, really bad politician based on the way he was jumping away from questions in this interview uh, with Dan Lebitard, who, I mean, to, Dan Lebitard's a mainstream sports guy who covers wrestling on his, pod, on his podcast, yes, podcast now, uh, on a regular basis and, and has, you know, guys on his staff, people on his staff who are really knowledgeable about pro wrestling, asking good questions. Tony Khan gets the time on there and, and then turns it into an embarrassing display. Uh, the booking for AEW's Dynamite was was a rather embarrassing display to really just not a lot going on in this head-to-head battle, which, I mean, AEW promoted heavily as, as you know, really important sign of how things were going, the health of AEW. They just didn't put a good show together to go head-to-head with WWE. Honestly, neither did WWE on its side, but they at least hotshotted it enough with the with the um the big name performers. And so this is a this is a tough time to be an AEW fan, you know, and then as a journalist, I've got to weigh in that, you know, it's this this isn't even just dating back two months to the CM Punk firing. This dates back more than a year to the first issues backstage with CM Punk and the executive vice presidents of the company um, so named by Tony Khan, Matt and Nick Jackson, the young bucks and Kenny Omega. They had a backstage run in at a, after a pay-per-view last September, 2022 that, um, you know, led to a year of, of issues that, that really never got resolved. That's why we saw what happened in Wembley happen in Wembley. Um, so there's that, there's the fact that Khan has, one of the top two guys in wrestling uh, on his in his employ, uh, MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the uh, current AEW World Champion. It's him and Roman Reigns, and I'm not just saying because of the World Champions. I'm not p- just putting those two guys in the same category in the same breath because they're World Champions. MJF is uh, 26 years old. He's going to be a star in this business for the next 10 or 15 years, and it's not going to be very long before he's the biggest star in this business. And as AEW World Champion, now we'll see him punk on. There's really no one for him. I, I like to say the word 
or the, the term dance partner. There's no good dance partner for, for MJF and AEW at this stage. Uh, uh, you know, everything had been building for months towards a MJF CM Punk match. Um, and, and now that's gone. Well, now MJF is reduced to, uh, he, he was, he's, he's part of a tag team with Adam uh, Cole, Adam Cole now out injured with a broken ankle, but this tag team won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, secondary promotion in the AEW family. And MJF has been out defending those tag team belts by himself as opposed to defending his world title. That's how th- that's how bad things have gotten here with, with, with the booking with this company. Adam Copeland was brought in at the last pay-per-view, Wrestle Dream, uh, earlier this month. Um, his first TV match with Luchasaurus, which was last week on Tuesday in the head-to-head battle, uh, drew abysmal numbers, less than 600,000 viewers for the 15 minutes. Um, horrible numbers. And so is Adam Copeland the solution? I, I thought perhaps when he debuted that maybe he would be the answer to CM Punk being gone. But you know, first returns do not look good in any way, shape, or form. So... Um, you know, the bad news for Tony Khan, he, he's, he, <laughs> he loves, if you, if you listen to any interviews he's ever been in, he loves to talk about how everything is great. And he's, you know, you want to think that's because he's positive. I think it's because he's, he, he, he took way too much to heart some lessons from a PR flunky, uh, that you, you know, never show weakness. But if he thinks it's great that he's getting death threats and his answer went into how that shows the passion of the fan base and how great it is and they love their product. And well, um, if you think it's great getting those death threats, you're probably going to get fewer of them given how unenthusiastic the fan base is getting over your product. I hate to say that. I'd like to see things move in the right direction, but I'm not too confident that Khan is going to get it before things move beyond his ability to fix it. So uh, if you have any comments on this particular podcast or video, uh, if you know, and I'll link to the column that I wrote uh, about this a few days ago, uh, please send me an email at chris at augustafreepress.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Any of, anything else in the world of pro wrestling, anything else in the world of pro sports? Um, again, chris at augustafreepress.com. Love to hear from you. Love to engage. Uh, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll inspire another podcast and video uh, like this. So hope to hear from you soon. Until then, thank you so much for your time.